Grace and peace. You're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians pray and think about race in ways that are biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, previous episodes, and more. Grace and peace. Welcome to another episode of United We Pray. I'm Austin Suter, joined today by Faith Cote. How are you, Faith? Good. So, Faith, you uh, work at a church. You've been a teacher. What What else am I missing from the bio there? So, I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is um, about two hours from where I currently live in Charlotte. And my dad was in the Army. Parents are believers, so grew up in a Christian home. Yeah, dad was in the Army, and so we moved around a ton, which was pr- kind of made for like a, I don't know, just very flexible now as an adult, which I'm thankful for. And like I said, parents were Christians, and they were very faithful, um, loving parents who shared the gospel all the time, had us memorizing scripture. We were in church every Sunday, which was great, Um, but I was super hostile to the gospel. So um, I just remember sitting in church, not wanting to be there, wanting to, like, plug my ears when we were singing, just, like, very, very resistant to my parents' authority, all that. And that continued on through college, and then at— my junior year in college kind of hit a very low point in life, and the Lord was very gracious through um, my parents praying for me through reading the Bible and uh, saved me through just by reading the Bible. And wow. Yeah. Um, I did the thing that they tell you not to do, and I would just open up the Bible and like flip to a random passage and read it, and the Lord was very kind and, and used that to help me have a full understanding of, of His Word. Um, and then shortly after that— um, had a lot of lifestyle change and joined a church. There we so, go. Yeah. Well, praise God for that. Astute readers of our content will recognize Faith's name. So I don't know if I told you this. Your piece that you wrote for us is one of our most popular pieces of all time. No way. I, I did not know that. second. Um, so <laughs> wow. well past anything I've written. So thanks. <laughs> but yeah, Faith has been a friend of the ministry for a long time. She's written for us. And I think the reasons for having her on will be uh, very clear soon. So... You got saved in college. You joined a church. When did you start caring about issues of race and racial justice? Was that before you got saved, after you got saved? When did that come into the picture? So I remember um, I was homeschooled and my mom teaching, like taught us about slavery. And I remember having conversations with my mom, like, why would people do that? I don't understand that. That was super upsetting to me as a child, but I didn't really have a full understanding that it was still going on at all. Um, So I would say when – I think it did start before I was a Christian, but I didn't have, like, that full understanding and deep care that I did after I became a Christian. So I went to a pretty um, liberal college and very thankful for it. I feel like they taught me how to think for myself. And I think the Lord used that to help me understand more of how racial injustice is still happening today. A lot of my professors talked about it and made us think about it, which was the first time I'd really had to think about it. Obviously, I'm a white woman, so I don't have to, like, I don't have to think about it. And so I think those things were kind of floating around in my head and then became a Christian. And at the same time that I became a Christian, I also started taking a lot of education classes. And um, as I was preparing to be a teacher, um, was reading the Bible, seeing how the Lord is very just seeing how people are very unjust, and then also pairing that with 
learning um, about the public school system and how um, segregated it still can be and is in a lot of cities. Um, and then also a third factor was interacting with the students that I was teaching and seeing like, oh, this is a public school. It's lower socioeconomic and all of these children are black and brown. But then I go to an area of town that is very affluent and it's all white children. And that was super eye-opening for me. I just didn't know that that is how the world worked. And Faith writes about that experience in the article we will link to in the show notes. And it's very helpful. So you have this concern. It's, it's sort of in you from a young age. You get saved. You join a church. What's your experience in church like as you care about these things, learn more about them? It becomes a bigger part of your life. Yeah, so I would say I've had two very different um, experiences in the church. The first church that I joined after becoming a Christian, they were very um, upfront about the fact that racial injustice is something we care about. We're going to do things. We're going to talk about it. Um, and, and so I, after I became a Christian and just reading my Bible, I was like, oh, all Christians care about this. This isn't even something that people would push back on. This is definitely not something they would question. This is definitely something everyone is talking about. And um, so, yeah, First Church was um, upfront about that. But I would say that even though the church as a whole was very upfront, there wasn't a lot of conversation in the actual, like, interactions that I would So, have. like, you're hearing about it from the leaders, but yeah. it's not something that's sort of permeated. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was— yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, it was it was more like that. And then my second church experience, it at first glance seemed like, oh, this is not something that's really talked about. Um, but then once I got to know different members like you and Michelle and um, other people, it was very obvious that there were people that cared about it. It was just not as obvious on the surface level. So kind of like flipped experiences. So something we've talked a lot about uh, personally is that you felt like your contributions uh, weren't always as helpful on the front end. Am I yeah. being unfair there? No, no, not unfair at all. So you've got this zeal and you're in a church that's prioritizing the ministry of the members of the church mm -hmm. as being something we don't wait on the pastors to do. We are yeah. equipped for the work of ministry by the church leaders. It's our job to go out and do it. So what do you start doing? Yeah, so I think my experience there, I was very zealous. Um, some of my friends said that I was fiery and spicy. That gives you like a, a picture of what I was like. And so um, let's see, I'm I think the first real interaction I had with church members there was unfortunately in 2020. So Did something happen that year? <laughs> that was already a really rough year. So you had all that pressure from the pandemic and the mask and vaccines. And then, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. And uh, my first interaction with a member of my church, I just came at them guns blazing, like knife to the throat. You are so wrong. I can't believe you don't care about this because they didn't agree with me. So that was, that was a nice first <laughs> So interaction. that sort of period of that type of interaction, how long did that kind of last? Um, it went on longer than I wish it would have. Um, I, I think I was in that stage for probably at least a year, year and a half. So like for a year, you're going to church and 
you're interacting with these church members who frustrate you, who don't think the same way as you. Mm-hmm. And what what's that doing in your mind, in your heart? You're going home. You're thinking about your church members. You're praying. Mm-hmm. What's what's happening internally? Yeah, that was a really, really rough um, time. I remember I would go to church and I would sit there and it was summer. So I was already, you know, it's already hot outside, but I was also internally kind of steaming and like, does anyone care about this? There was one Sunday in particular where there was a Christian protest going on in Charlotte and um, I was planning on going and I didn't feel like I could ask anyone in my church to go with me. And I remember sitting there feeling very alone and and very much like, I don't know if, if you know, I can stay here. I, I don't understand, you know, even though the leadership did care and was like praying about it and bringing it up on occasion, you know, my interactions with church members had been thus far, like very negative. Like I hadn't met you guys yet. There's just lots of, yeah, internal tor- turmoil. So, And I'm sorry for that. And I hate that that was your experience. And I'm sure there's people listening who have had similar experiences and not saying everyone should do this, but you toughed it out, mm-hmm. right? You you mm-hmm. didn't leave, though you were free in Christ to do that. Mm-hmm. And you started thinking of things to do that you thought would be more productive. Yeah. Yeah. I And I had people pushing back at me too, which I think was really helpful. You know, I didn't just have people who were like – yeah, they are wrong, and, and you should go out there and throw it there. There's people who are like, you know, Faith, that's really unkind. Like, you probably, you know, they disagree with you, and yeah, I don't think that that's the right way to look at it, but have you thought about it from this perspective? And helping me navigate that and encouraging me to talk to my church leadership, which I did, and um, that was a very, like, they were very willing to give grace when I was very, very upset about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I. but even that is sort of countercultural, right? The idea that you had people saying, like, pushing back on you, mm-hmm. disagreeing with you, or encouraging you to be okay with disagreement. Yes. That's yeah. not a category a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Because if I disagree with you, that must mean you're wrong. Not only that, it must mean you're bad. Yeah. It's very black and white. And especially in our culture now, I think that's one thing that we're losing is healthy debate and, like, disagreeing with each other. So, it's probably a whole other podcast. <laughs> I think we've done that podcast. So you stayed and you continue to push through. Now, did that look like having the same conversations with the same people? Or did it look like finding different people to talk to? Finding the same people to talk mm-hmm. to and talking about it differently? What was yeah, that like? I really wanted to, in order to stay at that church, I really needed people that got it. And people who I didn't have to you know, use specific words so I wouldn't trigger them. I needed people who I could just say what I wanted to say and they, you know, would – of course, you don't want everyone to agree with you, but having some people is very is very helpful and very healthy, I think. And so I was um, – I had talked with my church leadership, and I think I just asked them, like, hey, are there other church members who care about this topic? Because it would really encourage me if I could talk with them. And so they kind of – shared some names, introduced me to some people. And I think just naturally, especially in 2020, it was kind of like you had to talk about it. And so people that were more more vocal about it, um, I think like some people I followed on Instagram, if they posted certain things, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, on Sunday I'll go up to them and talk to them and and see if we can grab lunch or something just to to encourage my my soul because it it had felt before that like there was no one who who wanted to talk about it. So Yeah, and that can be really lonely. Yeah, yeah. And there can be a time and place for – realizing that you might not be at the right church, which is not what you did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you were able to sort of find find people who d- agreed with you, find people who had similar passions. And I think that's the experience in a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. Um, some churches are very small. Some churches are sort of uh, uniform in what everybody thinks. But yeah. the bigger your church gets, you're you're going to find people across the ideological spectrum oh, yeah. who you can cooperate with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wanted to talk specifically about – there's this book that came out. Some people like it or whatever, uh, talking about race. Uh-huh. And you started a book club about that. I did. What, what are you doing there? So um, I had been wanting to start a book club specifically in my local church for a really long time. Back in, I think it was 2019, I read Just Mercy and wanted to read that with some church members, but just was really busy and didn't do it. And then 2020 came around and I was like, man, this would be great to get some church members together. I'd love to do this. But I just couldn't find the right book because a lot of books that I was reading, you know, I thought about it and I was like, in my local church context, this would trigger some people. You know, people wouldn't agree with everything in there. And not like you have to agree with everything, but I didn't want to go into it triggering people, you know. wanted something that would be easy to use. And so when... Um, talking about race came out. I was like, oh, this is perfect. I don't even have to do anything. There's already questions in there. I can just straight read it with people. And and because I knew it would be coming from a perspective of utilizing your local church and not not you isolating yourself, but helping your local church to think about the topic. So I have done two book clubs, both with talking about race, but different people. Um, so you did it, learned yeah, from it. Yep. And thought it was worthwhile enough to do again. Yeah. Praise the yeah. Lord. Kind of like a class, but not. <laughs> <laughs> With Professor Faith. Yeah. Um, and so I gathered different people from my church. So the first um, book club that I did, I specifically kind of handpicked people. So you and Michelle were in there for a little bit and picked other people who I knew would um, be able to help the conversation along. And then I also picked people who maybe just had an interest in talking about it, but really didn't know a lot, didn't know how to talk about it. And then a couple of people who might even disagree, but not to a point where they would make other people feel unsafe. I wanted everyone to feel like this is a safe place. I can say what is on my mind. I can listen to these people. We can be respectful and there can be that healthy debate piece. Um, So a few things there, gathering people who would enjoy it, mm -hmm. gathering people who would be encouraged by it, Mm -hmm. blessed by it, feel included by that kind of work going on. But not everyone had to agree with you and lockstep on everything in order to be a part of it. They just had to demonstrate the ability to disagree charitably. Yes. Humility, gentleness. Um, And I didn't want to feel like people were attacking me either, you know? Yeah, that's not fun. Oh, because, you know, if I had just invited like, oh, all these people disagree with me, let me just invite them, you know, there could have been the potential for, um, you know, hardship on my end. So I didn't want to do that. (laughs) Well, we've talked some on the show about how one way we can improve the race conversation broadly is by having better race conversations Mm -hmm. in person, Mm -hmm. which can mean stop having bad ones. Mm -hmm. Like if there's, if there's people that, you know, it's just going to go poorly. That's just, yeah, it doesn't help anybody to bring it up there. So yeah, I really appreciated um, hearing about this. I, I was in your first book club for a while, and then we moved down here, uh, and I was just really encouraged by it and encouraged that you were doing it. It's it's the way – the reason Isaac wrote the book and structured it that way is so that kind of thing would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
we don't hear it about it as much as we would like. So thank you for doing it. Thank you for taking that initiative. Um, oh, just yeah. in closing, joy. for folks out there who might feel like you felt in 2020, mm-hmm. do you have any sort of parting wisdom you would want to give them? What would you wanted to have told Faith in 2020? Um, I think back in 2020, I really wanted everyone to see my perspective. I wanted people to see that this is the way you should think about it. This is what's right. And now looking back, I I just kind of laugh because there are so many people who are never going to understand where you're coming from. And trying to get them to see your point is kind of like talking to a brick wall. Mm -hmm. You know, you you don't want to immediately dismiss someone because they don't agree with you. But you also don't want to keep hounding them, stressing yourself out, stressing them out. You know, I think there are – were just so many better ways that I could have gone about the conversation. And one of those ways is to have it in person because yes. some of those conversations My goodness. Yeah, were on social media that I was having. Never, ever helpful. I can't even think of one conversation where me and the other person disagreed on social media and it ended well because you're not – you know, there's something to yep. be said for looking a human in the eyeballs and being like, oh, you're a person. You're made in the image of God and I need to respect you and be gentle and not just, you know – disagree with you. So I think that is a huge encouragement that I would give myself back then. And then also just recognizing that it doesn't have to be a one-time conversation, especially because this topic is super stressful, not only for you, but definitely for the other person. So, you know, maybe you bring it up in a very casual way and talk about it and revisit it later. You know, you don't have to get all of your opinions out on the table in in one go. So That's all good stuff. And Kudos to Faith. We wanted to have her on just as a positive example of what ordinary church members can do whether in different settings and what that looks like across time. And so you've been an encouragement to us. We appreciate your your support and your just keep doing what you're doing, I guess, is the, <laughs> the cleanest way to say that. Uh, in closing, are you okay praying with us on the podcast? Yeah. You go and then yeah. I'll go yep. and we can close. Yep. Sounds great. Um, God, we just thank you that you are just God. Thank you for giving us your word and um, for providing us with um, each of our individual local churches to help us grow in knowledge and love of your word. I pray that you would um, continue to grow us as people who also care about justice and who um, desire to um, help our local churches in growing in that area. Would you give us wisdom and discernment with what to say, what not to say, what to do, and what not to do? And I just also pray for anyone who's listening that um, are thinking through staying or leaving at their church um, related to this topic. Would you help them discern if it's better to stay at their local church and to persevere or to join another gospel preaching church that would um, help them um to talk about race in a healthy and gentle way. We love you, and it's your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for faith. Thank you for um, your work in her life that's so evident. Thank you for the blessing she's been able to be to others, the encouragement she's been able to be to us at this ministry. Uh, Lord, we pray for many more faiths. We pray for um, that your people would be the ones who stick it out in hard conversations, who uh, persevere with church members they find difficult because that's all of us. And so please give us the, uh, the strength and endurance for um, the long haul in our personal ministries and uh, give us wisdom to know when and how to be most effective um, and to be godly as we're doing it. Praise all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for yeah. doing what you're doing. And folks out there, if you're doing this kind of work, if you're using the resources of this ministry in your local church context, reach out to us. We'd love to know about it. Love to know ways we can help. Grace and peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of United We Pray. You can find more information about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com. United We Pray is a donor-supported ministry, and if you are interested in supporting our work, you can find out more information on the website. In prayer.